travel gives that really amazing perspective that you just can't get when you're sitting around in you know, the same place all the time, day in, day out. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays episode 024. In today's episode, we talk to Josh and Erin Bender, digital entrepreneurs who travel with their kids full time. They talk about some of the challenges of family travel, as well as the benefits of an on-the-road education. So they get the best kind of education, which is a hands-on, sort of really practical one. The first time the kids watched Santa Music was in Salzburg, Austria, the night before we went on the tour and saw all the places. When we learn about dinosaurs, we don't really read it on a book. We go to the Natural History Museum in New York and we go visit at the dinosaurs there. We're doing things like online courses for them. They're quite up to speed with, you know, kids of the equivalent kind of age in Australia in terms of education. And we talk about the excuses people make not to travel and the mindset shift you need to leave your traditional job behind. Speaking to somebody in Ireland recently and he was like, but I've got a mortgage and I've got a car. And I was like, well, I had all of those too. Plus I've got two children and I still do it. It's a hard mind shift though, because you go from having a job, which is your one task. With blogging, it's all about diversifying your income. So all of a sudden, you've got to get money from all different avenues and it's a big mindset to change just I just do this job and I get paid to I've got to do 10 jobs and then I'll get paid all right welcome back to the show hello everybody hey it's time for the news 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 awesome guess what we have been on the road for more than two years Mm-hmm. It's official. We have hit our two-year mark. We've surpassed our two-year mark. Yeah, we're freaking who to us. Yeah. High Hell five. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd say two years on the road, we've done pretty well. I'm stoked. It's we awesome. started off with enough money to do somewhere between 18 months and two years, and obviously we're still going. So as you can guess, we sort of earned some money since then. We're not packing up and going home just yet. Sorry, Mum. I know Mum wants me to go <laughs> home. Mum's like, shit. I thought they were coming home now. But anyway, we're going to talk about more about that on a Thursday episode because that is travel stuff. And today is Monday and we're going to talk business stuff. That's what Mm, you're here for. Business. It's business. Business stuff. Business news. Actually, today's business news is the stuff news. You know what I'm down in my socks. Business Business stuff. stuff. Ooh. Ooh. Try the Concords. Check it out. It's business. It's business time. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Love that song. All right. So as you know, we like to pitch companies. In fact, we were talking about it in the last episode. We like to get free stuff. We like to get free tours. We like to do press trips if we can. And we did one with Visit Greece, which, yeah, that's what we were talking about in the last episode. Yeah. So anyway, that was like a complete four-day press trip paid for by Visit Greece, which Which is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Really great experience. Tons of fun, but we have more of those coming up, actually. Yeah. There's more press trips coming. And we're actually going to be talking about how to build your own press trip in one of the future episodes. So rather than getting on one that's set up by a local organization, you could actually create your own. Yeah, we briefly talked about that with My Tan Feet a couple of episodes ago, and now we're going to go a little bit in depth because we're actually doing it for ourselves. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So... Yeah, in the meantime, we've still been... Oh my God, we're always hustling. We're hustling, hustling, hustling for different things. So I'm really excited because very soon I'm going to be getting a fabulous dress from Seemly.com who have actually created a dress that you can wear 30 different ways. Ladies, this is a traveler's dream come true. It's a 
top that's a skirt that's a dress that get, does all different things 30 different ways yeah imagine like you take two or three of those with you and that's it that's Sorted. all the clothes you need for your entire trip no backpack full of hundreds of things because three dresses and you've got 90 different outfits yeah so we're going to be reviewing that or i should say Maxie's going to be reviewing that you will look so pretty in a dress i would look pretty in it but i'm not on this occasion going to wear a dress uh, maybe next time okay but about bikinis that i ordered Oh, no, that you ordered those as well. Uh, yes, I have a fabulous company called Swimsuits for All that I'm teaming up with. They have the fabulous hashtag of curves in bikinis. So look it up, hashtag curves in bikinis. And they're really a real woman's sized swimwear range. Yeah, and we're all about the real travelers, as you might know from listening to previous episodes, because we're in our 30s now, so we're not skinny mini 18-year-olds running around. I never was a skinny mini 18-year-old. I've always been a bit of a curvaceous chick, and now I found this website that is really just all about curvaceous women and really embracing it, and they've got some fantastic swimwear that they're sending me out, and I can't wait to review it. Yeah, and also we got a discount on our local cooking class in Essa Era, which we're going to be putting in an article that's coming out on our website pretty soon. Really nice guys. We only got a small discount because, you know, these are just local people. This is not some massive tour company. No, she's so, just starting out. She cooks from her own home kitchen. So we really felt bad. Like, we had to give them money because they're just they're starting from scratch. Yeah, they? they're just local people. It's not... Yeah, they're not backed by anybody. They're just doing a cooking class in their kitchen, which was amazing. This has oh. literally been the best food we've had in Morocco. She's an amazing cook. Ever. And of course, we learned how to make it. So now we've got the recipes and we're going to be able to make it ourselves, which is awesome. But we also picked up a walking tour around the old city of Essaouira, the Medina, which is with Viator, which is a much bigger company. And they're pretty cool. Like if you send them a nice pitch, they're normally happy to let you try out on one of the smaller tours, which is what this is. And then in the future, maybe you get bigger tours. It depends how it goes. They so. actually have a person that's dedicated to dealing with bloggers. So it's something, they're a company that is obviously very open to working with bloggers and creating a bigger relationship in the future. But you know, they're stepping stones to everything. Yeah, we've also picked up a 30-day URL pass, which is the foundation of our one-month press trip that we'll be doing around Europe, as I say, more on that later. We've got a food tour in Barcelona with Devour. And yeah, quite Devour a few, Barcelona. Quite yeah. a few bloggers are getting on this food tour because it's at the same time as uh, TBEX in Costa Brava, which is the Travel Bloggers Conference. And so that is going to be awesome. And also, TBEX have set us up with a fam trip because Costa Brava have very generously given out a lot of fam trips to TVEX this year for this uh, particular conference. For those that don't know what a fam trip is, it's a familiarization trip. So you go out and you learn all about the area that you happen to be in. Yeah, so it's a bit like a press trip. In fact, some could say that word is interchangeable. It is a press trip. Exactly. Yeah, so they're going to be giving us possibly hot air ballooning. We don't actually We're not know. Really it's sure four exactly elements. So it's water, air, earth, and fire. Fire. Yes, they're going to be making us walk across hot coals. Hey, I'll, I'll do that. I would love to That'd try be and do that. That's freaking cool. But yeah, Costa Brava is going all out for TBEX this year. I'm really excited to see what they've got on offer. Cool. And the other thing I can think of off the top of my head right now is kite surfing lessons that we still haven't done because the wind has not been good enough. No, this is like the windy city and there's been no freaking wind. But we've got like two weeks left here. So at least there's got to be one day coming up where it's going to be good and we can go out and do it. Yeah. That'd so be cool. yeah, hopefully that will definitely happen. And shit, actually, I'm going to talk about this more in another episode because this is not for a couple of weeks, but we are very close to securing a little Sahara desert tour. It's going to be so that's freaking be good. But yeah, let's talk about that when it's finalized. Yeah, it's that's pretty, not we're just sorting out the dates, but it's semi official. So, but of camel course, riding, sandboarding. Oh, nice. awesome. So excited. But of course, none of this stuff is actually free. So, we talk about it being free. It is not free. We have to work very hard. We have to write and we have to take good photos and we have to edit those photos and we have to put together a kick ass product to give these people back what they've given to us. Yeah, and we had to work really hard to get this stuff in the first place because putting together a really good pitch that's specific to that exact company. 
that's not easy. No, this no. This is not something we knew how to do a year ago. We've had to learn how to do this. It's been a learning curve, but we're slowly getting a lot better at pitching. Absolutely. So obviously we talked about pitching in episode six with the Planet D and episode 16 with Mapping Megan. Pitching is just the foundation. It's a cornerstone of working online. Yeah. Can and you- you're always going to get negative responses, but you know, you've got to keep pushing through and you'll be surprised the more you hustle, what you actually do get in return. Yeah, just don't give up. Don't ever give up. If you get a few negative responses to start with, don't go, oh, it must be because my blog's too small or I'm not doing it right. Just, you know, keep practicing, keep trying, keep sending out new pitches or come and get a bit more education about pitching. If maybe that is something that you need to sort of brush up on, then we'll definitely be talking about more pitching stuff in the future because it is that important. But Breaking it down so it's nice and easy to understand exactly what needs to go into a pitch to grab people's attention. Yeah, but episode six and episode 16 did cover a lot of that content and there will be more. Anyway, today it's Monday, so obviously we've got some more entrepreneur interviews. Today we're talking to Josh and Aaron Bender. These guys are actually a lot of fun. They are pretty crazy characters, uh, really charismatic on the microphone. Aussies. Yeah, they're Aussie guys. Well, guy and girl, obviously they're a couple. Yes, married couple and they are actually traveling full-time with two kiddlywinks. Yep, they are nomadic family at the moment, so... I think for about three years now, they've been on the road with yeah. their two kids. So we're and going to get into talking to them about the ways that they make money on the road. And a lot of this interview was inspiring because they discussed the realities of traveling with kids. Yeah. So although, of course, they make money, this interview has not been completely focused on their money making because we talk about that every single Monday. We just thought it was really amazing that them and a lot of other families can travel full time with kids because this is one of the first things I hear When I talk to people, they're like, oh, Tom and Meg, you're so lucky because I've got kids and I can't travel, but you guys get to travel. This is not true. No. Every time someone says that to me, I'm like, please, please go and listen to Josh and Erin on their website. Go and listen to Bohemian Travelers on their website. Bohemian Travelers are traveling with their kids. My sister and her husband are traveling with their kids at the moment as well. It is something that you can totally do. If you say that you can't do it, it's an excuse. Yeah, exactly. So we hear it all the time and I just don't believe it. I just say, look, if you don't want to travel, Of course, don't travel, that's cool. But don't say it's because you've got kids. If you really wanted to travel with your kids, you can do it. And as we're gonna learn when we talk to them in a minute, and I don't wanna give it all away, but you know, their kids are getting a really amazing upbringing by having all these experiences. Instead of being taught in a classroom, they are going out to the actual place where things happened. The things that you hear about in a history lesson, they're actually there seeing where it happened and, and learning about it. And makes such a difference with your education. It's such a powerful way to educate kids to actually be there. I mean, you probably remember at school going on a field trip. And you remember those field trips when you get older. I loved field but trips. do you remember every single class you went to where you just sat in front of a chalkboard and they talked at you? Or in front of like an iPad these days. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not young. I'm not at school anymore. No, what do they do? What do they do at school? I know they transitioned into whiteboards when white, I was there. Whiteboards? What do they do? Magical boards of white. <laughs> what is that? I'm so old. No idea what they're using these days. So yeah, whatever barriers you have, I think we always say this to people, it's not just about having kids, it's about lots of different things, having a mortgage. There's so many different excuses we hear from people saying, I can't travel because I've got this. Hit us up. If you have one that you think that can't be beat, we'll come back at you with a blog that is beating it. Yeah. We're talking people with motor neuron disease, we know, who have actually gone off and made a fortune from blogging and living a freedom lifestyle in the way that they want. Yeah. We're talking about, yeah, other people. People with mortgages, people who are in lots of debt and got themselves out of debt in order to lead a travel lifestyle. There are a lot of things that people have overcome come to lead this you just have to be dedicated enough to get yourself there yeah you've got to want it 
Okay, let's get over to Josh and Erin and start this interview. So Josh and Erin Bender packed up their lives and two kids in May 2012 and left Perth, Australia for a life of travel freedom. We hear the excuse, I can't travel because I have kids all the time when we explain our travel freedom lifestyle to new people. But three years after leaving home, Josh and Erin have proved to the world that having kids is no barrier to traveling the world while earning an online income. We want to find out how they make enough money to support a family on the road and what mindset is needed to make this lifestyle a reality for others. Josh and Erin, welcome to the show. Thanks Hello. So I yeah. feel like I'm on like some Australian TV news show that was yeah. so professional. I love it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I know. We're known for our professional nnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnnn
Oh, cool. Well, that's all right then. So yeah, you managed to get out there and do it before it was that point where they've got friends and they might not want to go away. So Yeah, it was before school. We didn't need to think about educating them. It was right, like what you said. There was no friends involved. It was just like, hey, you guys want to go to a theme park and a water park every month? Let's go do this. <laughs> They're like, yes. Yeah, that sounds Duh, good. mom. <laughs> but how do they deal because taking on a travel lifestyle you have to take on a minimalist lifestyle as well so how do the kids take on having you know dealing with getting experiences over possessions or not having lots of toys to play with they didn't really need to deal with it in the first year because we had three massive bags and three small bags and a we, we one, car seat and a stroller and <laughs> we have one suitcase, one suitcase that's dedicated to toys because being you know parents we think that the kids need five million toys to be happy and uh, very quickly we realized that how few of those toys they played with on a regular basis so every time we went to McDonald's, they were happy just to have that new toy for the, the okay, month and yeah. then they were over it. <laughs> we ended up, after the first year and a half, we came back to Perth for a visit. We dumped all our stuff and went through it again. And now we only travel with one check-in bag and three small bags. And they do not have a dedicated toy bag anymore. <laughs> because we just figured, you know what, you can buy toys all over the world. And if something's, you know, their flavor of the month, like my son is absolutely devoted to balls at the moment. We bought him a $3 ball and he plays with that over and over again. And then if it ever gets taken off him, it's okay, we'll buy him another one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, three dollar ball. Why it's spend so five hundred dollars on some crazy experimental toy? <laughs> this is what happened. We were at the toy store with my mother, and she was, "Oh, let's buy, let's buy him a bike. He'll really want a bike while he's here in Melbourne. You know, we're here for the next six weeks." And so we were trying bikes out, but he would ride the bike once in the mall, and then he went straight back over to the three dollar ball and kept saying, "Can I have this ball? Can I have this ball? Can I have this ball?" We're like, "Get back over here! We're trying to buy you a hundred dollar bike." <laughs> <laughs> That's so kids. Those kids are hundred yeah. yeah. percent. So yeah. weird. We ended up listening to him and said, all right, we'll listen to you. We'd much rather spend $3 on a ball. If that keeps you happy, that's fine with us. Yeah, you're like, all right. They prefer the shiny packaging to the actual thing inside the shiny packaging. That's what my dad used to say all the time. He's like, I used to buy you Christmas presents and you'd rather play with the fucking box. And he used to get so cranky with me at Christmas. Boxes are exciting. There's a story behind the box. Cats like boxes. Kids like boxes. There's obviously something boxes. Josh got a huge delivery when we were in Greece in Athens and it came in a massive box. And oh my gosh, the kids didn't care what was inside it. They just wanted, get that stuff out so we can play with the box. Yeah, it even got to the point when Erin's just been buying wrapping paper for her Mia and she can now just entertain herself with it. That's what they want. She makes paper chains. Yeah, she loves wrapping paper. That's awesome. So what's one of your biggest challenges on the road having kids that you probably feel you wouldn't face if you were traveling by yourself? Oh, they've changed now. Like, I mean, the first year we had to train our son. He wasn't even potty trained. So potty training when you change houses every like month or so is a nightmare because they just keep forgetting where the toilet is. Don't forget where the toilet is. But the biggest challenge is probably that we don't go out at night. I guess you could say that. Do we? <laughs> it's one of those things you kind of get so used to until you actually have the opportunity to go out at night. Like the kids aren't around. Then you go, oh, this is what it's like being an adult. And, uh, <laughs> Go yeah. and stay as, up as late as you want. And that kind of thing. We're working it. We just split up now. Stay up as late as you want. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to stay up late. We, we might not be able to have kids. When I'm hearing stories like this, we might have to avoid having kids. <laughs> <laughs> My parents won't allow it. Uh, well, with every challenge, there, it's a, there is a wonderful, wonderful reason to have them as well. Yeah, if you live in Bali or something, you can have a full-time nanny. They can look after <laughs> hey. um, so, yeah, Exactly. Uh, bonus round right there. <laughs> Loads of countries a, you can move to where you can get a nanny for such a great price. Exactly. Oh, that you can actually afford to do it. <laughs> yeah, and then you can go out whenever you want and be a completely irresponsible drunk parent. It'll be fine. <laughs> you guys are cut out. Yeah. It's, a it's, it's the Australian way. <laughs> We're so perfect for this. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Now, speaking of that sort of topic and the difference between having kids on the road and not having kids on the road. Now, for example, our cheapest month ever in the last two years, we only spent 200 US dollars per person whilst house sitting in Portugal. Is it even conceivable to get away with a travel budget like that when you're family travelers? Yeah, I think so. I reckon. Well, it's not that much. I would not want to live on that much. No, but. <laughs> Parents just stay more. Uh, I'm a princess. Yeah, I think when I say Well, we were house sitting. We actually had a really nice house down on the Ungarf coast, and a car was included. We were just taking mm. care of two dogs, and oh, they left us with like this whole like Spanish ham. Like yeah, a whole like, Iberian ham. Yum. <laughs> so you were just eating ham the whole month. Well, we yeah. had to because we knew we were coming to Morocco <laughs> next, so we're like eat the ham. Yeah, now. no pork in Morocco, so. Well, a really good month for us. We spent the whole of February in Bali. So this is paying for our accommodation, our food, our transport. We spent $2,500 for the four of us. Yeah, that's really comfortable living. And that was really nice living. We had someone cooking us breakfast every day, and then he would come and clean the house every day. Yes, as opposed to getting like as budget as we can, we usually go as budget as, as we can and still a fairly comfortable lifestyle. I guess by comparison to, say, an Australian or American lifestyle, they're, they're called luxurious. But I think in theory, if we really wanted to sort of go budget, budget, the kids don't seem to add a whole lot to it like in terms of the bottom line. Like they often, like if we go out for dinner, they'll either share one meal or in terms of groceries. Now they're getting a bit older, they're starting to eat a little bit more. But when they were younger, they hardly, you know, by comparison to us, ate Yeah, they could just eat off our plates. If, if it was up to my son, he'd probably eat two-minute noodles every day if he could. So, you know, they cost next to nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, Except in Bali, he wanted Wheat Bix, which is $8 a pack. And oh, I was like, could you just yeah. go eat the 13-cent noodles? Like, <laughs> So many countries cereal. don't have cereals. Yes. It's all imported. It's crazy. But would you let them eat street food to harden them up? Or is that it's going too far? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, no. Our kids, are, we get them in every experience. I mean, even in Guatemala, we enrolled them in a Spanish immersion school for six weeks. So they were like speaking Spanish by the end. We took them to the markets and they were telling us how much everything was and what the people were saying to us. <laughs> That's why I want to have kids because I want like some little sponges to learn some languages because my adult brain is not good enough to absorb it. These yes, days. Yeah. it's perfect for that. They've it's a great solution. Get pregnant, have a baby, perfect translator, instant. Yeah. <laughs> They've learned Thai, Indonesian, Spanish, Chinese, everywhere we've gone, we're like, quick, learn as much as you can. Yeah, I'm impressed by them. <laughs> and this is another really important topic that a lot of people bring up with us, especially my parents say this. Uh, if you've got kids on the road, that's going to destroy their education. But it sounds like they're getting a different sort of education that's actually quite beneficial to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so they get the best kind of education, which is a hands-on, sort of really practical one. And this is something that Aaron and I talk about a lot, and we've had a lot of thought about it. And we still do a lot of research, and I don't think we have all the answers. But um, for sure, the um, kids have been learning a lot just from what they've been doing, just day-to-day -day stuff, meeting people, going to museums and stuff like that. But now that they're a little bit older, we're doing things like online courses for them. So they only spend maybe at the most an hour a day. And, but they're quite up to speed with, you know, kids at the equivalent kind of age in Australia in terms of education. Just recently, uh, Mia was uh, spending some time with a friend who was about the same age uh, who goes to school in a regular kind of lifestyle. And yeah, she was quite up to speed in terms of reading and writing and spelling. They were doing that. She was sharing her girlfriend's homework every night. And she was like, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. Because they learn currency and geography and maps and languages. And when we want to watch The Sound of Music, we the first time the kids watched Sound of Music was in Salzburg, Austria, the night before we went on the tour and saw all the places. You know, when we learn about dinosaurs, we don't really read it on a book. We go to, you know, the Natural History Museum in New York and we go visit the dinosaurs there. Like, it's it's very hands-on experience, yes. which is better for retaining knowledge. And these sorts of experiences are more engaging than just reading a book. That's why the kids learn faster, right? Yeah, I mean, who ever learned 
<laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I was their age, I had to read encyclopedias, and although I'm grateful for that, it's like nothing in comparison to the sort of hands-on education they're getting. And from what I researched is that I think it's around 7% of stuff kids learn, they forget within just a couple of days. So that's like in, inside of a classroom environment, whereas if they find it's practical, if it's something they can use for their everyday life, then uh, it's retained much longer, and if not indefinitely. So, yeah. Yeah. so we were down at the beach the other day, and there was this like big marble ball that was spinning around, and Josh just took that moment to teach them about the earth and how it rotates and there they were on the beach playing with this big round ball and <laughs> learning all about the earth. It's like much more interesting than doing social studies at school. Yeah, so we just find sort of everyday ways of just finding practical things they can learn about the world around them and, um, and sort of slot that in. So it's nothing too intense. We were actually quite surprised when we found the homeschooling curriculum in Australia only requires six hours of contact per week. That means that the kids should only be kind of sitting at a desk one hour a day. Um, when you think about it, most kids go to school six hours a day. So it really makes you think about what are they doing all that time at school? Well, they're wasting a whole bunch there, really. And then they still come home with homework after all that. So, you know, our kids can learn what they need to do, if not more, within, you know, a very short period of time. And yet they have a whole bunch of fun. They get to go to theme parks, like Aaron's saying, water slides, meet all sorts of cool people, spend a lot of time on playgrounds. So it's not at all that they're um, missing out on anything. If anything, the other way, they're, um, they're getting to experience a whole bunch of stuff. I wish I had when I was a kid, and I'm sure most adults do too. Yeah, do you think it's actually helping them be more socially aware as well and better at making new friends than some of the kids who maybe have the same friends for all their lives? Yeah, yeah. It was actually Aaron's concern that if they didn't go to school, they would be, you know, socially awkward. And, and you know, occasionally there'll be um, people she would have thought of in Australia when she was growing up, uh, people who are homeschooled and kind of had that sort of connotation associated with it. And, but, you know, because... But there's a big difference between homeschooling while you're traveling mm -hmm. and homeschooling at home. Absolutely. You know? Like yeah. when they're traveling, they, yeah, sure, they have to, maybe they do a little bit of work or whatever for an hour, but then the rest of the day they're out going to playgrounds and meeting kids or they're going to theme parks where everybody's on holiday, so everyone's happy all the time. And yeah. Bali particularly, there was, there's like 5,000 expats in Ubud. So there were children there all the time that were doing the same thing as us that they could go spend the rest of their day with. They're yeah. quite socialized. Yeah, so they're very well <laughs> making new friends. And even in saying that, um, I remember when we asked Mia for her last birthday who she wants to invite, um, she mentioned a whole list of people that were kind of scattered all over the world. So she said, you know, Grayson from Bali and his friend from Guatemala. Yeah, from Guatemala and, and India from Australia. Yeah. And <laughs> so the, the, the world's not a big scary place to her. It's just, you know. Can't everybody just get on a plane yeah, and come to my birthday? Everything's so accessible. <laughs> everything's so, so small. I wonder the same things. I'm like, why can't everyone <laughs> get your act together? Yeah, why can't get your Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, we're going to have to move off the uh, family travel thing and get on some income stuff. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time. Okay, sure. so the big questions, of course. Could you outline for us some of the main strategies you use to make money with your blog or is most of your income coming from your previous work in web development? Give us some clues, what's happening? Sure, sure. When we started, I was still running my business full-time and that was our primary source of income. We'd, Aaron had started the blog uh, soon after we got traveling just as a, a hobby to keep her busy and a way of you know, not having to repeat the stories that we were um, experiencing every day. And, and then from that, we just started, started to grow and I continued to work but did less and less hours as I hired other staff to sort of maintain the business for me. And after about two years, I think when we were going, I got it down from working about uh, 60 hours a week down to about four hours a week, which is, I guess, for most business owners, the sort of ideal goal is that four hour work week. It's kind of, you know. Yeah. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought, you know, once I got that, now what? And, and I've been running my business for eight years before that point, so I thought it was a good time to sell and try something new. So I sold my business, and so for the last year or year and a half or so, I've been sort of putting more of my time into the blog, which has sort of helped to accelerate that and grow that even more. Aaron was doing a great job with that, and that sort of now I can contribute more of my time to photography and SEO and online marketing and all the rest of that sort of stuff that makes um you know, Josh is also a very good photographer so we've started selling images as well to um different destinations or brands that we work with I actually wrote a post recently on Pro Blogger which is a 
very large blogging community here in Australia called my advanced techniques for making money on the blog and photography was one of those and different things like running competitions and giveaways there are so many different ways to make money on a blog you know it doesn't doesn't have to just be ad space or adsense um, there's a lot of different ways so essentially companies are outsourcing their needs for running competitions etc to you is that how it works we um, utilize our customer base uh, our readers because once the, the first thing you have to kind of have is some sort of audience you can't just monetize a blog when there's like three people visiting it but once you've got it big enough that there's enough traffic then we can run a competition that someone else sponsors they provide it to the product or service that they want to give away plus and they pay a fee on top of that for us to promote it so that way we spend a little bit of time getting it out there getting a bunch of entries for them getting their name out there so you could think of us as any sort of marketing resource like your television or your radio show people just say hey i want to advertise on you and you yeah. go yeah well that's they're paying for your audience you know you yeah. go and that's what we tell people with product reviews just remember that they're not paying for your review they're not paying for your good words they're paying for your reach and your audience so you can still remain honest and completely unbiased in your review because the bit that they're paying for is when you start telling your thousands of followers about them yeah so that's it's basically an alternative way of using advertising it's a more intelligent way, if you will, of using advertising yeah. than AdSense would be. Yeah, it's niche. It's more targeted. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Or even, I remember Josh and I were at the cinema and what did it say? It said, reach thousands of viewers every week at yeah. the cinema. And it costs, and it costs like so much money. And we were like, why would people do that? Do they even realize how many people read our blog and it's the exact people that they want? Why would you advertise at a cinema, which is mainly, let's face it, 16 and 17 year olds going every week that they can get there who aren't really in your target audience? Like, Yeah, and you can't predict who's going to turn up. You know no. the movie may be aimed at a certain age group, but other than that, you can't know what social situation they're in and whether they're even going to be able to afford to go traveling. There's lots of those sorts of yeah. issues. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, so we do things like that and do um, some sponsored uh, content uh, on top of it. Also, Erin does a bit of speaking now. That's sort of starting to become more of a, it's just starting to make a little bit of income. Uh, consulting, there's a whole bunch of different ways of, yeah. of making money from a, a blog like this. Just it's a hard thing. mind shift though, because you go from having a job, which is your one task. Yeah. With blogging, it's all about diversifying your income. So all of a sudden, you've got to get money from all different avenues. And it's a big mindset to change. Just, I just do this job and I get paid to, I've got to do 10 jobs and then I'll get yeah. paid. Sure. So being a blogger, you've got to be an expert in a lot of things. Um, content writing, graphic editing, marketing, so do you think uh, you guys having kids and being a, a family blog has been an advantage or a disadvantage when it comes to approaching companies for sponsorship and for gaining products? We've never found it to be a disadvantage. We've never had anyone go, oh, you've got kids. No, that won't work for us. Because the brands that we work with is about family travel. It's about, you know, resorts that offer kids clubs and, you know, different types of suitcases where they're fun and exciting because little kids want to wheel them around. I mean, I guess there is a disadvantage if we wanted to go for a resort that was made for couples, but we don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we travel with kids and so they're the resorts we want. Yeah, we don't really hide it. So when people come and approach us and they kind of know who they're reaching, they know who they're targeting, we don't sort of hide that. But It's actually a bonus because, like, it's yeah. really fun doing stuff with kids. Yeah. Like we go to all the theme parks and water parks. It's so fun. <laughs> I guess we also have a bit of an advantage. I think it's the figures around 30% of travelers, at least in the US, um, when they go on holidays are families. So by comparison, the number of family travel bloggers out there is very much underrepresented compared to say couples or singles. Yeah, I would say like you that. guys would have it would have it harder. There's a lot of couple couple of bloggers. Yeah. So I guess it's much easier for us because we have less competition. Yeah. yeah. And they're all doing this crazy thing like I'm getting married on six different continents and we're acrobats and so yeah. we're like, <laughs> How do we compete like, with Jesus that? Christ. Bigger and better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my kids into acrobats and start doing that as well I think. We were just talking about that yesterday. Aaron wanted to do some acrobatics in our photos. I said I'll just Photoshop it to be much easier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Photoshop. That's the way to go. No. Cool. Okay. I'm well, looking forward to seeing you guys do some acrobatics. Yeah for sure. It's not going to happen to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one 
they refer to as drunken yoga. So it's really where we've fallen yeah. off a chair or slipped off the bed or, you know, ended up in it's a weird position. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking, especially yeah, after drinking Moroccan wine. God. Oh, God. This is terrible wine. <laughs> By the sounds of it, yeah, getting, if we get kids, we should get kids and then we'll get a lot more money from blogging. Well, it'll make your parents very happy. Yeah. <laughs> this is the solution. That's a step, step one, have kids. Step two, start a blog. Step three, roll in the cash. <laughs> it's that easy. We should write a book about it, actually. Exactly. It's just that easy. <laughs> So um, sponsorship, obviously, and the various different forms where the sponsorship comes in is a really good moneymaker for you guys. Is there anything else specifically that uh, helps fund your travels? Anything that you say would be kind of unique that you guys do that other bloggers perhaps don't utilize? We do other things other than just our blog. I run a small software business, um, which I've been doing for a couple of years, and sell website components on that. I have people working for me on that that sort of just helps things to tick along. What else we make money we, Look, we don't, we're not, I mean, for me, I was one of those girls that always rang up the radio to try and get the free, you know, the free competition, the free oh. stay somewhere. I used to do that too. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. It gave me a buzz. Yep. <laughs> so for it's me. Like, oh my God, I just want tickets to Matchbox 20. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the stuff I, I really enjoy doing. So for me, blogging is kind of the same. When we first started reaching out to brands and they were like, oh, we'd love you to come review our hotel. Or recently we um, got to work with Tiger Air and they were like, can you come on a, a flight for us and write about what you thought? That gives me the buzz. I'm like, Josh, you need to think about money side because I love just working with brands and visiting these places. So you do get a lot of, they call them freebies in the blogging world. With the amount of work that goes on because of them, they're not exactly freebies, no. but um, that is the, the title they give it. So there is a lot of benefits from blogging that subsidize your income. Like you said, with house sitting, you hardly spent any money because you had no expenses on housing or exactly. transport. Mm -hmm. And we get the same thing when we travel with brands. You know, we flew from Perth to Melbourne with Tiger Air and they gave that to us complimentary. So we might not have made any money on that trip, but we didn't spend the money that we needed to on that trip either. Mm -hmm. So we certainly live a subsidized living. Absolutely. Yeah. And with the with people who don't have a background in something like web development where they can easily make their income location independent, do you think the blogging side of it that you're doing at the moment is actually, would that make enough money on its own to support your lifestyle or are you are really reliant on the software stuff? Um, no, not so reliant on the software stuff. Um, that's our goal for this year is to, uh, at least my goal, Aaron doesn't really want to know about it, but uh, my goal is to make uh, more money from the blog so that can uh, be our... our uh, yeah, We're still arguing about this, whether it's going to be enough to make a lifestyle out of it. I know other people do it, but I guess it depends on how much you need to live. If you only needed $400 a month, then definitely you could blog your whole life and very happy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, easy whereas yeah exactly that's what we say it all depends on what you have to spend because if you can move somewhere and you spend a lot less on living there and you're happy then with why your... work as many hours exactly yeah why bother if yeah. you're happy i mean even like living in bali like we did last month we could possibly do that on the blog too it wouldn't be an issue but for the lifestyle sometimes like that we would like with our family at the moment i don't think our blog would support that at the moment, not the moment yeah no but you're working on that i'm working on that, so <laughs> this year i should make more money from it we'll get back to you on that <laughs> but the thing about it is people yeah. we look forward to having you guys back on and we'll see i mean we're doing the same thing the whole thing with the podcast is us like saying okay we're starting out from you know getting this and we're going to take you on a journey and show you what we gain through doing this podcast and growing our blog and it's been amazing actually what opportunities have come in in just the past two months of running this blog it's been quite insane I'm running the podcast Super. The podcast the blog has been going for a lot longer than that the a longer. But, uh, <laughs> yes the, the wine has obviously taken effect already and you've forgotten what you're talking about wow. yeah, I people love it you need to get a wine sponsor on right <laughs> we tried to get a beer sponsor already and they turned us down they said they don't do sponsorship it was our favorite beer company it was a really awesome beer company yeah and we haven't oh, bothered approaching yeah, anyone else well, tell them you're changing your favorite beers <laughs> it's difficult i think heineken's like better fosters yeah like, oh, fosters, fosters. Ah. 
Like Heineken's about the only beer that we've seen in every country. Or Hogarden. Hogarden uh, and and Heineken are about the only two we've seen in literally every country in the whole world. Oh no. Like they're everywhere, aren't they? But most of the others aren't. We have a friend who they were living in Japan and then they decided to be nomadic for a while. But while they're in Japan, they had a source company approach them and said, hey, when you travel the world, can you take a bottle of our sauce and just film yourself all over the world with it and we'll pay oh you. God. So they've been traveling the world with this bottle of sauce getting paid for that. That's insane. It's awesome. I just yeah. say everywhere we go, like we're in Italy using this Japanese sauce bottle. That's what I find so. You just don't think of that because so many people think travel in the, you, it's all going to be travel related. It's got to be something travel. It's like backpacks and it's shoes and it's travel gear and it's that. But you just don't think outside the box. It's like everywhere we travel, we have this sauce because this reminds us of Japan. And really, we even have an extra opportunity with our kids because it moves into toys and clothes and baby products. Like, it just bring, opens up a whole new world. Like, we did for a little while. We had um, a baby carrier when yeah. KS was younger, and um, they were the same. Can you take photos of this wherever you are in the world? So we had photos mm-hmm. of baby carrier in front of Yosemite Falls in the U.S., and it was just like this little Australian company that were like, look at us, we're in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, and this is a really good pitch to companies, even for listeners who aren't necessarily travel bloggers but blogging in a different field and being location independent, whatever products that they deal with in their field, they should get some of those to take with them as they're traveling the world yeah. and start taking photos. The world's your oyster. Yeah, be, be unique. Think of something interesting and um, a product that, you know, might not necessarily be related to travel or whatever and reach out to them. You never know. We get asked, like, if it's a good idea to start a travel blog to make money out of it. And um, the real answer is because I've, I've dealt with a lot of websites, a lot of clients over the years in web design, the reality is a travel blog isn't the easiest way to make money online. If someone just goes, all I care about is making money, there's much, 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 much easier ways of doing it. But the reason why I like it is it's deeply satisfying and deeply rewarding. You get to do a lot of fun stuff. You get to meet a lot of cool people, have a lot of great experiences. Help a lot of people. Yeah, help a lot of people as well. We get to inspire people every day um, yeah, who think that you know, travel with the family is too hard. Sorry, our kids are in the-, the kids are attacking. <laughs> it's got to that point. Um, but yeah, you know, for that kind of thing, I still love the, the travel blogging side of things because it's, you know, we get to inspire people every day. But by all means, you know, the way I'd approach it is if someone was starting out, they want to make money online, think about, you know, what they're passionate about, what sort of skills they have. In our case, we kind of played about strengths. So I'm good at the design, the online marketing side of things. Aaron's good at social media and uh, networking and writing. So we kind of go, all right, well, these are our strengths. What are the things that we can do that we enjoy doing that plays our strengths? Other people we've met, you know, have got strengths in other areas and they can use that to, to monetize their skills in a different way. So it really comes down to how, you know, what do you enjoy doing? And then if you can spend your time doing that and get paid, and that's kind of the best thing to uh, to focus on rather than going, oh, you know, how, if I put ads on my website right now, then I can hopefully, you know, make money out of that. But it's the other way around. It's turning on its head going, what is it they enjoy doing? If you enjoy drinking beer, think about, you know, creating a podcast and then, you know, just focus on that. Yeah. Oh, that's what Absolutely. we did. We were like, we only really created the podcast so we could get drunk more often. That was our main strategy. Talk random crap with people all over the world via Skype. I think our first episode involved me wearing a smoking jacket or something. I, we were going to get some smoking sponsor or something. I don't, I don't remember now. That's so long ago. <laughs> smoking jackets. We wanted to be sponsored by Smoking Jackets, Inc. or something. But yeah, crazy, crazy time back in episode one. Who knows what was going on back then? Minds are so confused. Okay, so we're uh, getting close to the end of the interview. So we've got a couple more questions for you. Firstly, do you think more families should try a travel freedom lifestyle or is it quite hard to actually manage? I would not recommend nomadic travel for most people at all. It's hard. You've got to give up a lot. And um, of course, there's the location independence that you, you need to bring in some money for a family as well. 
I would recommend for every family trying to get some kind of gap year. If a nomadic lifestyle is not in the books, at least trying to find a year in your life when your kids are small to get out on the road with them because these experiences that we're having with our kids is really, we're just creating this like awesome bond with our kids that I just can see in the future when they're adults that it's going to be such a great thing that we did with them. And my hope is that when I'm old and grey and they're all grown up that they're going to go, don't worry, mum, we don't need to travel. We've already seen the world. We'll stay here with you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got the long plan. <laughs> they won't put me in a nursing home because I've been so nice to them when they were young. Yeah, I've got long-term goals. They're just going to stay around. They won't need to see anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, maybe. No, actually, my sister and her husband and three kids, have they've been on the road since November last year, actually, and they're all traveling around the United States in an RV. So very interesting to see how they've dealt with sort of nomadic life compared to how we have just being a couple. But the kids seem to be really enjoying it. They're 10, 8, and 5. So, But I think the kids are loving it. Yeah, because they went to Disneyland. Yeah, we love the United States. Awesome. Yeah, that's right. Although every time we ask our kids what their favorite part about travel has been, they always mention a playground. They never mention Disneyland or anywhere else we've taken them. <laughs> For Mia's case, her favorite thing is Chinatown. Yeah, which, Mia's favorite place is Chinatown. I have Chinatown. no idea. <laughs> Hey, I love Chinatown. Chinatown's always good. Because <laughs> of the food, apparently. She likes Chinese food. I guess we should head to China sometime. It's, it's very subtle. China know. is insane. I warn you, China oh, is completely insane. insane. <laughs> but actually, what else? Stick to the happy places. <laughs> I was just thinking that, you know, Erin says that, you know, it's probably not ideal for families to travel long term. And, and that's true. It is a, a pretty big lifestyle shift. But even traveling like long trips is good, like a month, two months, three months at a time. Not only because it's, you know, great to get away with your family and get away with the kids and spend quality time with them. But it, from my point of view, it also helps to see your own life from a different perspective and, and reflect on it and go, okay, well, this is what my priorities are when I'm at home. But when I'm traveling, I can see my priorities from a different perspective and go, maybe this, whatever I spend my time on isn't so important. So they can kind of use that as a starting platform to say, well, what can I do to change my life? And, you know, travel gives that really amazing perspective that you just can't get when you're sitting around in the same place all the time, day in, day out. And kids offer, like, a great perspective on travel. Like, everything is so awesome and wonderful to them. Like, Josh and I went to Disneyland by ourselves when we were a couple, and we were like, this is okay. It's like, we're like, oh, it's all right, you know. But we went with the kids, and everything was like, oh, my gosh, there's Donald Duck. I can't believe it. And we were just got so much more excitement from watching our kids there than from the first time we went. So we really loved watching the awe and wonder in them and getting that excitement in us as well. Yeah, so part of the thing really is the location-independent living and income doesn't necessarily mean that you have to travel all the time. It's just a really nice convenience to be able to travel more often. Exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. so. Final question. So if you guys could go back before you started this lifestyle, what is the one piece of advice that you'd give yourselves before you made that decision? I know my one would be do some research and read travel blogs because before we started traveling, I had no idea that other families are doing the same sort of thing. I obviously heard of like backpackers take gap years and that, that sort of thing. But the idea of family traveling nomadically permanently, I'd never heard of anyone like that. And so when, when we decided to go, I thought I was actually a bit crazy and Aaron thought I was twice as crazy as I did. But when we first stopped in Bali, our initial pit stop is we met two other families there, yeah, basically doing the same kind of thing. And I went, wow, that's great. There's three families in the whole world doing this sort of thing. And uh, and so from there, they kind of opened up other doors and we get to meet other families. And, and so it's actually not quite as crazy as I first thought I was, which is kind of reassuring in a way. Yeah, definitely doing more research, but not to the point where it actually stops you from stepping out the front door. My one piece of advice is to book a ticket. You're never going to get started like me. I was like, yeah, we'll go sometime at the end of the year. But if you book a ticket, you've got a timeline to work to. And once you've got a ticket, you just have to go. So book something, anything. A non-refundable ticket. (laughs) A non-refundable one. Yeah. That's what we did. Just go. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. Awesome. 
other thing as well, one last thing. Mike should be sponsoring this. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> this is not the first time that we've had that suggestion. <laughs> Apparently, we say that a lot. I think as well, minimalism, it's a really good way of thinking about what you really don't need. And yeah, people kind of get so preoccupied. Oh, I have to have this to be comfortable. I have to have this to be, have a happy lifestyle and blah, blah, blah. But realistically, you really don't need a whole lot. And so when you kind of take that away, yeah, don't get too you caught find up. find what makes you happy. Yeah, don't get too caught up on possessions because at the end of the day, they don't make you happy. And the happiest we'd be is when we had the fewest things. Fried bananas in Bali. Fried bananas in that Bali. That makes me happy. <laughs> Oh, there's so much food around the world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, some dirty little, like, wonton dumplings in China for 50 cents. So many food memories from our travels. Food does make Good me happy. God. Yes, it does. It makes me happy. It doesn't make my waist happy, but it makes me happy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, Erin and Josh, thanks again for coming on the show. Can you give a quick 10-second rundown on where people can find you on the internet? You can find us anywhere. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, anywhere. But the best place to get in contact with us is on our website, travelwithbender.com. Um, we've got a contact page on there because we love hearing from people. And, um, yeah, we really hope to meet some family travellers around the world. Okay, it's almost the end of the show, so you know what time it is. Travel homework time! Oh, yes. So, did you think that maybe in the future, or even now, if you have kids, have kids, had kids, still have kids, haven't dropped in them the at school? In the process of having kids? Yeah, who got knows? Got a bun in the oven? Well, maybe if you're actually pregnant, that might be enough reason to stop traveling for a second. Just for a moment. At least, until they're like one or two years old. But still, if you thought that there's barriers in your life that are stopping you from discovering a travel freedom lifestyle, you've got to figure out what are those excuses that you're making what is it really that's happening? You've got to write them down and you've got to start figuring out solutions to those problems. And seriously, if you can't find a solution to your problem, actually email us. Just yeah. really email us, info at travelfreedompodcast.com. We're in contact with a ton of blogs that we reckon that one of them would have a solution for you. Yeah, other people are trying to solve these problems and live a lifestyle with more freedom. So, yeah. And we hear these excuses all the time. And for almost every single one, we can point you somewhere where you can overcome it. So email us, do yeah. it. Don't let your fears stop you discovering travel freedom. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.